Let's lift our hands and magnify the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Praise singers and Sister Becky, musicians, that was awesome today. Let's give them a hand. Amen. <clears throat> doing a great job. I really, really appreciate you doing such an awesome job. I want you to do me a favor this morning. I want you to turn around to the camera. Everybody turn around. Stacy, I want you to get right out here where your daddy can see you. Y'all not all doing it now. I want you to turn around and look at the camera. Today is Tommy Gandy's birthday. He's 70 years old. Let's sing happy birthday to him. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Tommy Gandy. Happy birthday to you. All right, give him a hand clap. <clears throat> I normally call him on his birthday, and I will later on. I thought of that when I was sitting in my chair studying this morning. He listens to our broadcast ever service, and I know he's listening today. So I thought that would be kind of cool for all of y'all to wish him happy birthday. Thank you for doing that, and uh, appreciate you being here today. We got a good crowd. Um, I'm trying to see, Brother Mike always sends me a text and lets me know we're down today. 67, is that all? It looks bigger than that. Thank the Lord for a good crowd today. Amen. <clears throat> a lot of churches would like to have our crowd this morning. There's a lot of churches that would like to have a service. There are still some that are not able to have service because of a COVID outbreak in their church. We have been blessed. That has not happened. And we're going to thank the Lord for it. Can you say amen? Turn and look at somebody and smile at them real big. And tell them, I'm glad you're in my church with me. I'm glad you're in my church with me. I'm glad you're here with me. <clears throat> Amen. I want to turn your attention to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believed on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Notice what he said. <clears throat> In verse number 11, he came to his own, his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And then in Philippians 1, 6, one verse of, word, uh, of the word, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you 
will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. I, I feel like the Lord was trying to get us to understand that He is willing to do a work in our lives, but who will let Him? Is there anybody here that wants to let God do a work in your life? If you are willing to allow God, if you will give God permission, if you will allow Him to do things in your life, I'm telling you, He is willing and able to do exceeding abundantly above even what you're able to ask or think. Amen. I want to preach for a little while this morning. Just give God a building permit. Give Him a building permit. He wants to build on you. He wants to work on you. Let Him have a permit. Let Him have permission. Give Him permission to work in your life. Turn to somebody and say that right now. Give God permission. God bless you. You can be seating. A building permit is an official document or approval that is issued by the city or local government agency, and it allows you or your contractor to proceed with construction or a remodel project on your property. It is intended to ensure that the project plans to comply with local standards of land use and zoning and construction. These standards are intended to ensure the safety of current and future landowners and occupants to provide an enforcement of zoning and land use policies. A permit ensures or should ensure that if you're buying a house, that there was somebody that knew what they were doing that had a hand in developing that property. And I thank God for that. Uh, some of you... If you were to be honest and raise your hand today, have had experiences in your past where you wish somebody had used uh, people that were licensed uh, or knew how to do what they should have been doing. How many of you will be honest and raise your hand and say, I've had some experiences that I didn't like because people did not follow the code. Specific issues that building permits may address include structural integrity of the framing, zoning, sanitation, water and sewer lines, fire protection, and electrical services. Not all home construction and remodeling projects require a building permit. You can paint your house and not have to have a permit. I've seen some houses, and I would say they would probably have been better to get some advice from somebody before they chose the paint color. But you can put a roof on your house, and you don't have to have a permit. You can do a few things uh, uh, like gutters. I don't think you have to have a permit for gutters, do you, Brother Sean? He does that. If you need some, see him. That won't cost you anything for that advertisement, Brother Sean. In most cases, simple repairs and replacements can be performed by professional contractors or even a homeowner without applying for a permit. However, any project that involves additions or major changes to your home's structure or in the mechanical system will require you to apply 
for a permit from the local building department. If you're hiring a contractor to perform the work, he usually will handle the permit process for you and he will factor in the cost of that permit in his bid. You need to be aware that your building department may require that some types of work be done only by licensed professionals. And the only way you can tell for sure if a permit is required is to call or visit your local building code office and describe the work you're about to do and ask them if you need a permit. Before you ever start construction on a new building or add-on, you would be wise to check and see if you need a building permit. When we moved here uh, from Tyler or to Tyler from Oil City, Louisiana, uh, 32 years ago this month, the parsonage was owned by the church, and it needed lots of work and repair. You could actually see the dirt floor uh, in one place in the house. Uh, the floor was rotten. And Judy and I brought our mattress and our suitcases, uh, and we moved into that old non-livable parsonage, and we began working on it. The carpet was worn out. We took it up. And we discovered that there were really nice hardwood floors underneath that carpet. And we used a sander and refinished them. And for seven years, we lived in that house. We replaced a few windows. Uh, we painted the walls. We did some plumbing. And we fixed that parsonage up. And we were very thankful and proud to have a place to live. But you got to remember, I came from all city, Louisiana. Our town did not have a permit department or an inspection department. So with that mentality, I decided to enclose the front porch of the parsonage and, and just add a bathroom and a nice walk-in closet. And about 80% Finished with that project, I got a call from a man who said he was an inspector with the city of Tyler, and he noticed that I was doing construction and had no permit. I could hardly swallow, I could hardly talk, and I, I felt like I needed to sit down. He asked, where was my permit? And I had... Uh, with a very sheepish uh, uh, look on my face, I had to say, sir, I do not have a permit. And he said, oh, that's bad. He said, you may have to move out of that house and get a licensed contractor and apply for a permit and finish that work before you could move back into that house. That man told me it could be as much as possibly a month before you can move back into that house. And the more he talked, the weaker I got and the more upset I became. And then he said, well, I'm going to call you again tomorrow. I'm going to talk to some of the people here in the office, and we're going to decide what to do. And I had a miserable night. I could hardly sleep, and I remember rolling and tumbling, getting up early, dreading that call from that building inspector, not knowing what the future was going to be. And so uh, he called me the next day, and he said, you know what, we've decided that if you can come up with a contractor to do the work, we'll give you the permit. You're going to have to pay for it, and you're going to have to follow code. And I said, yes, sir, whatever you say, Brother Tom, I was very willing to comply. 
He said, well, do you have any contractors that you can use? And I said, no, sir, I've recently moved here, and I don't know any. And he began to name off some. He said, have you ever heard of this company? And, and I said, no. And he said, well, we recommend them. And here's another company. And he said, oh, by the way, we've even got a preacher that we use a lot. His name is Kevin Prince. Do you know him? And I said, you're talking about the preacher from Longview that does the mobile home skirting and different projects? They said, yes, nice guy. We use him a lot. Uh, do you know him? And I said, yes, sir, I do. And he said, well, we'll give you permission to use him. And they said, now, you said you know him. I said, I do. They said, he, he said, well, you must not know him too well. You've been talking to him for two days on the telephone and did not recognize his voice. I called him a devil. I called him a reprobate. I called him a dog. I called him just about everything that I could legally call him. And I said, someday I'll get you back, Kevin Prince. And oh, he laughed. He laughed and he laughed and he laughed. And a few years ago, my wife said, I can't believe you're letting Brother Prince get by with this. I said, what are you talking about? He was over in the middle of a building program when he was pastoring uh, First Apostolic. I'm telling you, more of a building program than I ever dreamed of doing at our church. And when she said that, the Holy Ghost <laughs> leaped on me. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't the Holy Ghost, but it was a spirit leaped on me. And Tom Bates happened to be standing there, and he was listening to us talking. He said, oh, Brother Gandy, I am your man. And we planned it, and Tom Bates uh, goes home. He gets a hard hat. He gets a clipboard. His wife prints, prints up all the codes for Tyler. She made him a name tag, and he had a tape measure. And uh, he goes over there and knocks on the door, and it was in full-fledged operation. I mean, everybody in the church that could swing a hammer or use a nail gun or a saw, anything that could, be, that could work was over there working. And Tom Bates knocks on the door, and Sister Prince comes to the door, and she sees that man standing there with that name tag. She felt like I felt a few years before where I couldn't breathe and, and didn't know what to say. And, and she, she looked at him and said, can I help? And he said, I need to see the superintendent. She said, I'll be right back. I'll send him out. And she immediately goes to the prayer room and begins to pray. I'm not kidding about that. She was praying. Brother Prince comes, and, and uh, he begins to talk to that building inspector, he thought. And uh, Tom Bates said, sir, I've noticed you're in a building program, and I walked around this church, and I don't see a permit. Where is your permit? Poor Brother Prince had to look at him the way I looked at uh, when he uh, pulled that mess on me years ago. That say, the Bible does say you reap what you sow, you know. And so he was reaping what he sowed in my heart years ago. And, and he was thinking, oh, Lord, I'm in trouble. And Tom walks in. He looks around. He said, you say you have no permit? And he said, no, sir. He said, well, sir, I can see probably five or $6,000 fines just standing here. Kevin told me later, Brother Prince later told me, he said, my heart sank, and I thought, God, if you'll just let me uh, pay them two or $3,000 to get them out of here, I'll write the check and smile. Uh, just get him off my back. And so Tom just walks around, and he looks, and he said, now who's going to do your electrical? I see you've already started some work, and there's some electrical that's not uh, connected. And he, he said, well, I, I am. He said, are you a licensed electrician? He said, no, sir. He said, you cannot do that. 
And so on and on and on he goes, and finally he takes him, he wants to go look at his office because I told him in advance he'd done some work over there, and I hope city inspectors are not hearing this, but uh, y'all might want to cut this off. But uh, he, he went over there and looked, and, and he said, you moved this wall, you did this. Of course, I didn't tell you what church. I hope I didn't. He's gone anyway. It doesn't matter. But anyway, uh, Tom looked at him and gave him such a hard time. And then he said, you know what? I'm a church-going man. We're not out to punish guys and make it hard on you. We're not trying to destroy churches. He said, I go to church myself. And he said, I'm going to call my superintendent, and I'm going to ask him uh, if we can have a little mercy and uh, not make it so hard on you and maybe just get y'all the permit and give you some direction. And Brother Prince, just he said, I just went and sat down. And he said, oh, thank God, I'm seeing and hearing a little mercy. And Tom calls me. And uh, we're talking, and he said, well, they don't have a permit, and I want to give them mercy. Is there any way? And I said, well, get him on the phone. I want to talk to him. And so he walks over and says, my superintendent wants to talk to you. And Brother Prince said, okay. And so he reaches out for the phone, and he starts it up to his ear, and he sees Larry Gandy on it. And about that time, he said, oh, my Lord. Larry Gandy, you got me, didn't you? You got me. He couldn't say anything, but you got me. You got me. And I said, Kevin Prince, do you remember I told you about 15, 18 years ago? I said, someday you will live to the day that I will get you back. He said, yes, you got me. You got me. He said, I wanted to shout. I wanted to dance. And he said the next morning he got up, and when he got up, the only thing he could think of was to call me, and he called me back, and the first words out of his mouth was, Brother Gandy, you got me. He said, you paid me back. You paid me back. I'm here to tell you that little story can get you in a lot of trouble if you don't get permits. You can get yourself in a mess in the city of Tyler or any city if you try to do construction without permits. But when you willingly give permission and pay the uh, fee to get that permit, you can have assurance and peace and joy in your heart in knowing I'm doing right. God wants to do a work in every one of our lives. You're sitting here today. I already heard the testimony of Brother Ariel today telling us how miserable and wretched he was, even considering taking his own life. But God began to deal with that man, and he began to move on his heart. But Ariel had to give God permission to go to the next level. God will deal with somebody. He will stir them. He will shake them. He will try to get into their life. But somebody is going to have to be willing to give God permission to take you where he wants to take you. There are hungry people in Tyler, Texas that are miserable today. Some of them may be listening to me this morning. If you're miserable and wretched, if you're feeling like you have no hope, I'm telling you it's time to wake up and give God a permit. Give him a building permit. Let him start working on you. He wants to set you free. He wants to make you clean. He wants to make a new creature out of you. Some of you that have been in the world in a, in a bad way, you've been out there. I look around here, I see Mike there, and I see Brother Jonah back there, and I, I, I heard Ariel, and there's Brad and Gail, uh, different ones that were on alcohol and drugs. Why in the world would anybody want to go back into that misery? Back into that place uh, where they were feeling hopeless uh, and feeling lost and feeling miserable. 
There's no reason for anybody to go back, and there's no reason for anybody to stay in it. It's time for you to come out of that mess. It's time for God to set you free. It's time for you to allow Him to give you victory over your flesh. God doesn't want us to be miserable. He doesn't want us to be unhappy. God does not want you to, even as a Pentecostal full of the Holy Ghost, not to have the joy of the Lord. It is time for us Pentecostals to give God permit, give Him permission to take us to the uh, level He wants us to be in the joy of the Lord. Don't sit around and gripe and complain and be unhappy. You've got the joy of the Lord as your strength. 1 Corinthians 3, 7, 16, 17. Know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defy the temple of God... Him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. You are the temple of God. But God will not proceed with construction on your temple unless you give him permission. From Genesis to Revelation, we can see God progressively moving closer and closer to the heart of man. We read in Genesis about God walking with Adam in the cool of the day. He also walked with Unit, talked to Abraham, and communed with Moses and the prophets. And in Exodus 25 and 8, it says, Let them construct a sanctuary for me, that I may dwell among them according to all that I am going to show you as the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all of its furniture, just so ye shall construct it. God was having a desire to be close to man. But even then, he wanted them to give him permission. He wanted wanted them to be willing to be able to be led by him And used by him. He wanted them to draw close to God. And desire to be in his presence. The tabernacle symbolized the dwelling place of God. In the midst of his people. In verse 25 it says there I will meet with you. And from above the mercy seat. And from between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony. I will speak to you about all that I will give you in commandment for the sons of Israel. The tabernacle moved about in the wilderness with the people. God became a pilgrim with his pilgrim people. He occupied a tent with the tent dwellers. And this symbolized God in the midst of his people dwelling among them, leading them and guiding them and providing for them and protecting them. Moses tells us the cloud covered the tent and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter the tent because the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled that tabernacle. In Solomon's temple, God came and dwelled in a permanent place, a permanent dwelling with his people in the promised land. In 1 Kings 8 and 11, it happened that when the priest came from the holy place, the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not stand to minister because of that cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. However, whenever the people of Israel turned to idols, the Lord destroyed Solomon's temple and gave his people over to Babylonian captivity for 70 years. And it was years of captivity 
until Zerubbabel went to the leaders and got permission to go back and rebuild the temple. And in 20 B.C., Herod began renovating the old temple that had been built in the 6th century before Christ. It seemed that God did not dwell in uh, Herod's temple that replaced Zerubbabel's. There was no Ark of the Covenant in that temple, and the Shekinah glory was not in it. And by the time Jesus came, the temple had become a den of thieves. And the Romans sent General Titus, A.D. 70, destroyed that temple. Many temples had been built and destroyed. In each temple, God had desired to dwell among his people. But the people were not willing to submit and love God and serve God and him alone. And because of that, God backed up and he allowed things to happen in their midst that caused them persecution and bondage and even prison. I'm telling you folks, when we're not permitting God to work on us, we'll find ourselves in prisons. We'll find it. I'm not talking about a jailhouse a real prison. I'm talking about prisons of the mind, prisons of our thoughts, prisons of fear, prisons of doubt. Things will begin to creep in and block out what God's trying to do. Somebody needs to hear me today and you need to give God a building permit to start working on you and clean out that mess so he can be what he wants to be in your life. John describes God coming near his people in these words. The word became flesh and dwelled among us, and we saw his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the, from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus began his ministry by cleansing Herod's temple, and the religious leaders wanted an explanation. Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, it took 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it up in three days. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. He was teaching them about spiritual things, and they were still stuck on the physical. They could not get it out of their mind that God wanted to dwell in a physical building made by man's hands. God was moving away from that and he wanted to come dwell inside of a temple that was not made with man's hands. It was the, the heart and the soul and the mind of human beings that will allow God to come in and dwell in their lives. Do you really understand we have a duty and a clear responsibility to let and allow God to come work on us? The word let is used 1,511 times in the King James Bible. Something that impedes, it's an obstruction to cause, to make, to grant. Let means to not hinder, not prevent, not delay, to have no obstacle to cause to, to make, to give a release. Let means to give the opportunity, to permit, to enter, to give permission. We've all heard these phrases uh, with the word let in them. Let it all hang out. That, that reveals uh, true feelings. Uh, let, one, uh, let one have it means a vigorous assault. Let one's hair down is to act without self-restraint. Let her rip means to release it with no restraints. Uh, We've all used that word, uh, let the cat out of the bag. That's to tell a secret. We, we've used those. We've all let it all loose in our lives at times. Hadn't we? A family went to church, and the little boy was really enjoying the service, and, and 
they started home and the little boy was listening to his dad started complaining about the church service. The dad told how slow and funeral-like the singing was. He didn't come to our church. The dad fell asleep several times during the service. Then the dad stated that the preacher preached way too long, and besides that, the preacher sounded like he was mad and yelling at everybody. The little boy unhooked his seat belt, and he leaned forward, and he said, Dad, I don't know what you expected to get for just the two cents that you paid, you put in the offering plate today. A lot of times we want something out of it, but we don't put anything in it. If you all you can do is find fault with the preacher, oh, Lord, shame on you. If all you can do is find fault with our singing and our music and the air conditioner or the sound system or, or the length of the service and, and all you can do is gripe and complain, maybe you need to start putting more into it. Maybe you need to get like my wife at almost 70 years old dancing around over here and worshiping God. If she can do it at her age, why in the world can't you do it at 20 or 30 or 40 years old? I'm telling you, you ought to get more excited about about what God's doing in your life and give him some permission to work on you. Somebody needs to say, God, I'm ready for you to loosen me up. I'm ready for you to set me free. I'm ready for you to make me have victory in my life. I think there's a lot of truth in that little story I just told you. Blessed is he who expects nothing for he shall receive exactly what he expected. I think God wants us to arise and let God have his way in our lives. Those that say it can't be done shall be passed by those that are doing it. We have a great opportunity and a great God. We're in a great day. We're in a great church. Why waste your life by not getting God's best? Don't be happy with a shack when you can have a mansion. Don't be happy with second best when you can have God's best. You just need to open up your heart and say, All right, God, I'm giving you a permit to work on me. When we realize we are more than thermometers to measure the spiritual temperatures, God has called us. And that set us aside. We're not thermometers. We're thermostats. We have the choice. We can pray and control our attitudes, our spirits, towards storms and trials that we know we're going to face. What we call storms and tribulations and trials a lot of times God calls them opportunities. We must let God arise to release God, to allow God possibilities to freely flow in our lives. God has the creative power to speak and release the plan. God has all the resources that you and I need to be, to be that complete work. He has started a work on us, but honey, we got to hang in there and let him com uh, complete it. You're not saved yet. We're in the process of being saved. We're in the process of going to heaven. We're in the process of getting and receiving eternal life. But, honey, the beautiful thing is we're creatures of choice. And you can choose to stop at any time on this journey. And say, I don't want that. I don't want to live for God anymore. I don't want to go to heaven. I don't want to be saved. God loves you enough to allow you to make that choice. But honey, listen to me. It is not worth it. It is not worth it. Why would you trade eternal life for damnation 
and eternal hell. Why would you trade the beauties of of all that God has prepared for his saints for what the devil has prepared for you? God wants to save us, but we got to give him permission. There are four kinds of sentences that we use. There's the decorative, a statement ends with a period. There's the Intergative, ask a question, always ends with a question mark. That's the, there's the exclamation. It states with excitement. It ends with a, an exclamation mark. And then there's the imperative. It gives an order or a command. It can end with a period or and or an exclamation mark. Oftentimes a subject of the imperative command is you understand and see it in John 14 and 1 is imperative command. It is in red letters where Jesus' words are in red. Jesus spoke these words. He said in John 14, 1, let your heart, let not your heart be troubled you believe in God, believe also in me. God's eyes are looking for a people that will let the word of God do the work of God. He wants us to let him get into our lives and be with us and mix with us and show us and direct us. And in 2 Chronicles 16 and 9, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Notice that he's saying, for the eyes of the Lord run through and to show himself. He's doing that. He's going throughout the earth, showing himself to people whose heart is perfect towards him. In other words, there are some people, their heart is not perfect toward him. They are not allowing him the privilege of working in their lives. But when your heart gets perfect, you're saying, God, whatever your will is, whatever you want to show, whatever you want to do to me, however you want to work in my life, you have that freedom and that liberty. Work on me and set me free because I want to be saved. Would you stand? I feel like the Lord is wanting us to give him permission to work in our lives. I felt that real early this morning, about 3.30, 4 o'clock this morning. I was up and I was asking God, what for this service? I never know what I'm going to preach. The Lord, sometimes he'll give me a thought and I'll start working on a sermon, get uh, working in an area and and he, I've had him to change my mind and, and put that on hold and save it in a file. And sometimes I get back, sometimes I never go back to it. I don't understand that. I don't understand why God gives me a sermon for a particular day, a particular group of people. I don't know why I had to preach this today, but somebody needs to listen to me. Not because I said it, because I believe God is trying to give us a message. It's time that we allow God to work in our lives like he wants to. If there's anything in your life that's hindering you, why would you allow it to stay there? I've gone out in the woods a lot of times on deer leases or Cactus, I preached about them one time. Y'all gave me a cactus, and I still got it, but it's in a container. When I get enough of it, I'm going to get rid of it. I'm not going to plant it in my yard. Those nasty things will stick you. I've, I've got, in the, 
in my foot and in my knee area, I've got cactus I never could get out. They bother me at certain times of the year. Everything out there sticks you. But I get a cactus in me, or if I get a thorn in me, it hurts. You think I'm going to leave that joker there? You think I'm going to say, ah, just, it's just a thorn? You think I'm going to allow that thing to work on me and work on me and work on me and cause me pain? If there's any way that I can get it out, I'm going to get it out. And the same thing, the same principle must be applied when I know there's something in my spirit that shouldn't be there. If there's anything that gets in my spirit, if I get anything in my heart against somebody, then I ought, to, I ought to get myself down to business with God and pray it out of me. Because if I don't, that thing's going to grow. It's going to get bigger. It's going to multiply until that's all I'm going to be seeing. That's all that's going to be before my face. That's all I'm going to pay attention to. When I start getting agitated in my spirit because something is not right. And that's why I say we need to give God a building permit. Let him work on me, Lord. Work on me, Jesus. Would you just close your eyes and in your own way, would you tell the Lord, I'm giving you permission this morning to work on me. I'm giving you, if pastor wants to come and tap me on the shoulder and say, the Lord showed me something. I need to talk. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to receive it. I'm not going to get an attitude. If, if God, you show me something while I'm praying, I'm going to listen to you. And I'm going to let you work on me. I'm going to let you set me free. I'm going to let you make me what you want to make me. Because if you're not willing God will pass you up and find somebody that is because God's in the building business. God's in the buildings, uh, business of doing things that are positive. God is looking for whosoever will. He's wanting to save people. He's wanting to reach out. And honey, God's going to bring somebody into this church and he's going to fill some people with the Holy Ghost. And they're going to get the revelation of the oneness of God in Jesus' name, baptism, because that is his business. I want to give him permission. I want to give him a permit to work on me. Come on, let's love him. Let's just love him. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. anybody that just you'll tell me by lifting your hand in just a moment pastor I've heard you today I'm hearing you today I heard you preaching and I'm lifting my hand I want God to work on me I want, I want to give God permission I don't want God to have to beg me I don't want God to have to come and, and, and force forcibly cause things to happen. I want to willingly say, God, I'm coming. I'm going to get that permit. I'm going to give you permission. I'm going to give you authority. I'm going to give you liberty to work in my life. Hallelujah. The girls used to sing a little old song. We used to drive around the car and we'd sing it with them. They'd sing, He's still working on me. He to make me what I ought to be. 
think they were like three and four years old when they were singing that. I'll never forget it. He's still working on me. He, he, to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars. Earth and Jupiter and Mars. My wife remembers it better than I do. How loving and patient he he must be. He's still working on me. <laughs> I want God to work on me. And if I ever stop him working on me, I'm going to dry up. I'm going to be dead. I'm not going to be useful. The Lord made a gave a very good word picture about the potter's wheel. He said the old potter will make a vessel. But if it got flaws, he'll take it off and he'll start working on it again. Some of it goes so far as to get to the flame. And when it's all said and done, it had imperfections. He threw it out. It just became crushed pottery. Lord, I want you to work on me. I want you to make a vessel out of me. Man, I'm 71 years old. I still want God working on me. I still want imperfections. And my wife, I'm sure she wants it too. I knew I'd get an amen from her. Everybody wants God to work on you, say amen. I want God to work on me. If you want him to, he will. He won't do it if you don't allow him. God bless you. Remember Monday night prayer, family night. Once a month, we come on Monday night, 7 o'clock. Just Amy Jane to be uh, leading us. It's a good time to be with the Lord. Our prayer meetings are really good. Thank you for coming. God bless you. Find somebody, tell them you love them. Uh, Damien, good to see you again. Uh, appreciate you being here. And... Uh, I don't know if you understand it or not, but once once you come three or four times, we're claiming you whether you want us to or not. You just can't get out of our love and out of our friendship and out of our congregation. So you've been here several times, and we're happy about that. Thank you for coming. Everybody say, God bless, amen. God bless you. Find somebody, tell them you love them, and we'll see you tomorrow night and Wednesday. Austin and Gracie are getting married.